there, Maisie here just dropping in at the beginning of the episode to say thanks for taking the time to listen to You Okay Mate, time to talk about mental health made by the Podmates for World Mental Health Day. What you're about to listen to is various hosts of podcasts, some of which you've never spoken to each other before, opening up to each other about their own experiences with mental health, which I'm sure you'll see isn't always easy to do, but it affects everyone, whether you're going through a rough patch or have a diagnosis, and it's important to talk about it. And we hope you find something to take away from our conversations and inspire you to start your own. And now remember, we're far from experts. We're just trying to work through our own issues. Now, it's time to talk. Ladies and gentlemen, um, welcome to this very special uh, episode. Um, My name is Phil Better. If you don't know me, I'm from the Phil Better Show. Today, we're going to be talking about mental health. Um, Right sitting next to me, I have Dante. Dante, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dante. I host uh, Play D and D. If you don't know who I am, <laughs> and sitting next to Dante, I have Zach. Zach, please introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Zach. I'm uh, from Let's Get Contextual and uh, the Weekly Nerd. Excellent. So this is a very special episode. So if you're listening to this on either Dante's feed or Zach's feed, this is maybe seem a little strange. This is a special episode we're doing in conjunction with fellow podcasters from uh, England. Uh, They have one episode, we have one episode. This is the North American edition, since we're all from North America. This is a podcast that's specifically about mental health and how it affects uh, each of us individually and as uh, as a group or as in in your own family unit, if you will. Um, So does anybody want to jump in or would you prefer that I start with how mental health affects me personally? Yeah, go ahead, man. You start, and then we'll uh, yeah. jump in after. Having right. having listened pre ahead to your pre recorded conversation with your brother, I thought that was really interesting. So I'm I'm interested in hearing your your take. So all right, your so, side of it. Excellent. So what I'll do is uh, right now I'll throw it to myself and my brother in a pre recorded message, and then I'll come back and I'll I'll start talking about how it affects me. Thank you so much, Phil, for that great intro to this pre recorded conversation about mental illness that i'm having with my brother Uh, my brother chris lives with paranoid schizophrenia it's something that he's been living with for the last 10 uh, 11 years of his life and i was so grateful that he was able to uh he chose to come on and have a mini conversation with myself that we can add it into this giant conversation now i'm going to give the floor over to christopher just to introduce himself and tell tell you a little about himself go ahead chris Hi, I'm Chris. I'm 31 years old. I've been living with paranoid schizophrenia since I was 20. I'm a... Uh, Gemini? I'm you a like... Gemini. <laughs> um, all right. So you said you've been living with paranoid schizophrenia since you were 20 years old. Yeah, that's correct. So throughout the whole of your 20s, have you, uh, you've been living with this illness. So more than half, nearly half your life, you've been living with this illness. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you seen a change since you first were diagnosed till now? Yeah. When I was first diagnosed... I'm going to try and put it in context, okay? When I was first diagnosed, picture this giant weight on your shoulder and your neck. It would keep your head from lifting, right? So you would stare at the ground. Okay. And if you would look up at somebody, you would feel like you're infringing on that person's right. So you would always keep your head down. You would never look up at anybody. Then if, say, we were in like a mall or something and you would hear a part of a conversation, say like a certain word, Mm-hmm. of the, the conversation that the person was having, uh, your mind would flip a whole story around that one word and it'd be a negative towards you, towards you, you know? Okay. And, and now that I have my medication properly, that took like 
about two and a half years to get the right cocktail, I'm doing much better. Okay. Um, since since I lived with you when you first uh, got diagnosed, yeah. um, obviously there's been a huge uh, leaps and bounds compared to you where you were uh, 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, what is it like living with paranoid schizophrenia? Oh, it's it's in in the beginning or now? How about now? We'll we'll do now. Like you, you said that it it felt like a weight was on your shoulders. You couldn't look people in the eyes. Can you look people in the eyes now, or do yeah, you still have it? Yeah, on? I don't. The weight's off my shoulders now. Okay. So I can look at people and not feel like I'm infringing on their rights. Okay. Um, how has having uh, paranoid schizophrenia changed your um, view, if you will, on how your illness that you live with or any mental illness is displayed in the uh, in the mainstream media. Well, I dislike the media when they say that oh uh, oh he's a killer and he's a he's a killer because he's a, a schizophrenic. You know, like. Most schizophrenics won't kill anybody. They'll mostly hurt themselves first, you know? Okay. So, yeah. So, regarding, you, you dislike the fact that the media probably portrays uh, a, parent, a schizophrenic as someone who is violent, aggressive. Exactly. When exactly. it turns out that 90% and maybe even 99% of people with this uh, mental illness that live with it probably are harmless. themselves. Are more hurting themselves than anything else, right? Yeah. Um, have you seen in the eleven years that you've had this mental illness? Um, have you seen a change? In, oh yeah. Well, in, in the media's portrayal. Oh. Of, well, Bell, let's talk. Yeah. Is doing a great thing. They're they're making waves in the mental health community. Okay, uh, I'm just going to stop you right there just so I can explain what uh, Bell Let's Talk Day is. Okay. Because I don't think uh, some of the people here know. Um, every year, uh, usually, is it January or February? It's usually January, February, March. We'll say one of those three months. The first three months of the year, Bell, a major telecommunication company, yes, named after Alexander Graham Bell, the guy who created the telephone, um, they donate... Uh, five cents for every retweet, every tweet, every like, and every view. The view is most recent, and every now on Snapchat, um, this hashtag Bell Let's Talk. They have a video that they say if you watch this video, every time someone watches this video, there's five cents donated, and it, it is huge. They've each year they've broken the previous year's uh, record, we'll say. Um, so this is something that really happens, and. Please, if you ever do see the hashtag Bell Let's Talk or uh, see it's tweeted or anything like that, it's trending on Twitter, um, I would suggest they, they don't discriminate. It could be all over the world. Um, please do use that hashtag. Retweet, Retweet it. Um, if you're tweeting out, use the hashtag, hashtag Bell Let's Talk. Or even in French, it's uh, something like that. Um, you see it, just retweet it. Tweet out, just add it to the end of your tweet. And you are helping donate five cents to uh, mental illness and getting the conversation uh, started. So, Chris, please continue. I'm sorry for that interruption. What was the question? <laughs> um, have you seen a change in the way the media start is now portraying and society are looking at mental illness uh, in the last well, 11 years? Well, people are more open to talk about it and the stigma is going down because people are talking about it, you know? 
Now, do you find that it's more females or males who are talking about this? Oh, I don't know. I think it's 50-50. Okay. And um, how does it feel when you see uh, celebrities yeah. talk about them having struggles with mental illness either? I think it's great because, like, people look up to celebrities, you know? So, mm. like, if someone you look up to says, oh, I have a mental illness, the, the people looking up to them will be like, oh, okay, that's that seems normal now, you know? It's like everybody has it, you know? Okay. Now, what is something that you want to get out there regarding having a, uh, living with a mental illness? Like, is there something you want people to know? Is it... I just want... If you're diagnosed with a mental illness, it's important to see your doctor regularly and stay on your medication. Don't get off your medication. Okay? It's important to stay on your medication because your medication is going to be what helps you get through it. Because I know a lot of people with mental illness, they start on medication, then they get off on medication, and then they go down. But stick to your medication. It's going to help you get better. Now, you say that people uh, stick, with your men- uh, stick, stick with your medication. I, I can say from living with you and your illness... It did take a while for your medication to the the, the right cocktail, find the right cocktail, the doses and all that. But you did have some issues where you wanted to get off your medication because you didn't think uh, either because you were doing so well. Yeah. You didn't didn't think it was helping or you it wasn't what was making you well. You thought you were doing it yourself. Yeah. Um, But thankfully, our mom, uh, who's the second strongest person I know uh, (laughs) next to you, because you guys, you two are like a a tag team. You guys fight it daily. Um, How important is a uh, social network in helping you with mental illness? You mean a support system? Support system or social network in case uh, a support social support network. Uh, It's extremely important just to have someone to talk to when you're doing bad is extremely important because they'll help you get through it, you know? So having that, not a crutch, but... That rock? That rock there help you get through that rough time because there's plenty of times where I wanted to commit suicide and because because I had that rock there, I I didn't hurt myself. Now you're bringing up something that's really important um, because we've seen in the new uh, in the media and that um, people who are dealing with uh, mental illness, depression, anxiety, all these, um, they do end up taking their their own lives. Yeah. Uh, most recently, um, Robin Williams, who uh, suffered from depression, su- suffered from depression. And he would seem like the happiest guy alive, but people didn't see his actual struggle. Right. Um, do you think having that support network that you can talk to at all times is really important? And how important is it? Because we're a group of guys, uh, and guys don't really talk about their feelings. We grew up in a time when guys didn't really talk about it's, it. It's hard to open up at first, but with this illness, you learn... You learn to, um, how do I say it? You usually just say words. <laughs> you learn how to get in touch with your feelings. And when something's wrong, 
you know something's really wrong and you know you have to talk about it or else you're going to dwell on it and it's going to snowball effect. Okay. Um, now, with your... Yeah, that's it's very true. If you don't... Even if you don't have... Uh, well, if you're not diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic in, in your case or you live with that, um, it just in anybody's case, if, if you have some negative feelings, you have to talk about it because it will just sit there and it slowly exactly. will points in your mind exactly. because you'll come back to it every single time. And I've been, a, uh, I, I fell victim to this, um, myself. I've, I've had those negative thoughts and as long as you have someone that you can open up to, it doesn't matter if it's someone close to you, someone far from you, just someone that you can speak to. I know firsthand that it's helpful. Pardon me. It's very helpful because it allows you to at least get get someone else's point of view. And even though it's they, they're not going through what it is, it's just it it just helps you cleanse it and it doesn't stay in your get brain. Get it off your chest. Yeah, just get it off your chest. You don't know what to ask. No, I... I, I You're scared to ask? It's not that I'm scared. Do you have a problem talking? Well, obviously now you, you, being on this, uh, but going going into schools or what is it that you, is there some things you want people to know? Some things people you want to tell your story? Would you want to tell your story? Maybe one day I'll write a book about it, but I doubt it. Okay. Um, and just before we leave, is there anything you want to just say last words to the everybody out there that's listening to this? We're no different from anybody else. We just live with a mental illness that doesn't change who we are. Well, it changes who we were to um, who we who we were. Um, just take a breath. How do you say that? Who we were? Um, who we were to who we were. It we're the same person. We're just. We've just gone through a transformation. That's right. We're, yeah. So, I'll say it for Chris. Um, he. This is something that you'd actually deal with uh, at sometimes as well. Um, you have sometimes difficulties saying what you want to say, right? Yeah. Can you say that? Into yeah. <laughs> um, is this something that you find is with your mental illness? I, I, I don't know if it's in my mental illness or it's me. You know, I really don't know. Um. Now, regarding your paranoia, are you worried saying something will uh, affect someone? Right now? No, just in general. So, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Um, so I'm going to throw it back to me that's recording it now. Um, thank you very much. Christopher, do you want to say anything before we go? Please, if you're diagnosed with a mental illness, pay attention to your doctor. Your doctor will help you get through it. Have a good support system there. Have a rock where you can talk to somebody. That's very important. Stay on your meds. Your meds will help you. And hopefully you get through it. It's rough. It's not easy. It's going to be hard. But I know you can do it. All right. And uh, Phil, it's uh, back to you. Thank you very much, Phil. That was awesome of you to throw it back to me. So, as you guys heard, <laughs> um, I've always wanted to do that. Um, That's amazing. And now you have. That's the important I, thing. Yeah. So, in um in my life my brother um deals with paranoid schizophrenia he lives with it so it's affected and it's changed it's affected me and changed my world view on mental health um i've have dealt with some down points i, I wouldn't say i would have been in full a full depression but i have 
had issues like that. Um, and seeing how my brother has gone through everything he has, like with sometimes with his suicidal thoughts earlier on, uh, when he was first diagnosed, he did have those and it scared the, the living heck out of me. Um, and it just, it's, it's weird because I grew up in a time when guys didn't talk about their feelings and you would just say, yeah, we're okay. We guys only had like two, two to three feelings. They were happy, they were mad and they just wanted sex. Right. Those were, yeah. that's what I, that's what I grew up with. And so or you, you have to be the big macho man. You're, you, nothing affects me. Erg, I'm the man, blah, because of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and that. So I always had that image of the guy. He's always the rock. He doesn't, he doesn't change. And then I realized... He definitely like, doesn't have feelings. He doesn't have feelings. He doesn't know what feelings are. He's always happy. He's either happy or mad. That's it. That's all. Um, there's no, no gray. And it really affected me as a, when growing up. And then when my brother did uh, get diagnosed and have his mental break, it really opened my eyes because my family, my, my father and my sister, we went to this organization called NAMI and it, it talked about different uh, mental disorders or mental illnesses, sorry. Um, and, and it just, and how to cope with it. And it, it opened my eyes like, this happens to everyone. Everyone is affected. And it doesn't matter if you're a big, strong man or a quote unquote weak person, you will have bouts that hit you in your hit you and it will affect your, your mental health like daily. And it is, it is constantly a struggle uh, to try and open up and talk about this to people because I don't know if it's showing a vulnerability that you want to show um, yeah, yeah, it's always it's always hard, and that's um, almost kind of part of the point of this. Like I remember, I, I was hearing from the UK version that it took them a while to open up, but it was really good once they did. And I think that's kind of just how it is in general. Is if you, you you're bottling these things up for so long that after you're able to get it out to even just one person, it helps so much. Yeah. Um, so like I've. I've seen how my mom struggled because my mom is the would be the primary caregiver for my brother, um, and she, it it affects her her mood actually affects my brother. That's how like close they are, um, and I see like it's a struggle daily for her because sometimes my brother's super good. He's like independent. He's good. He's golden. Other days he's like a, a like a three year old child because something his paranoia is up or schizo, the schizophrenia part of it is up and. Or he just has a bad day, like someone says something and it just puts him in a rut and he just, his brain goes. So I've seen how this mental illness affects my mom. It's like aged, I sometimes feel like it's aged for like 30 years already. And my dad's trying to keep my mom okay and be there to support my mom and my brother and how his life has changed because his family never, ever talked about it. And when my brother got ill we found out that one of my cousins dealt with postpartum depression um that my aunt had had something like it was like my we never knew any of this so it's very interesting how like families keep it very hidden because they want to keep that facade that everything's perfect yeah and like since my brother's been ill a lot of my family's kind of been a bit more accepted and maybe a bit more open they're not fully open obviously because they still have that facade 
because uh, of the older generation. But a lot of a lot of people are more open and understanding of what it's like for my brother. And especially if they've spent a, a deal of time with my brother, they, they realize like my brother is able to put on like a mask. Yeah. And so, so like you'll see him, oh, he seems a little shy. That's about it. But you won't see like the internal struggle. Like when he goes home, like yesterday, um, the, the day before we recorded this, uh, we had, there was a huge party at my, my, my sister's place with like different people. Like my, my, my sister's in-laws family was there and my family was there. And my brother was looked perfectly fine. He was he was talking with everybody. Everything was fine. But like when he needed to go, it was like, okay, I'm leaving. And gets in the car. My godmother took him and my mom home. That was it. Like he goes home. And I'm guaranteeing he was so exhausted from putting up like a facade so that everybody thought everything was fine. That he's probably, he fell asleep the minute he got home. So yeah. that's how... Uh, mental illness I, I feel like I've taken all the time uh, mental illness really has affected me personally like I've dealt with some bouts of depression if you will if I don't feel it's a full depression or deals with depression but I've felt down and like struggles with with my brother or family members and that so and then the fact that my brother lives with paranoid schizophrenia so that's how it affects me yeah <laughs> um, I do um, I actually, I have a question um, with your brother having paranoid schizophrenia. Did that ever affect you in almost making you feel like your problems were, were not as important because your brother had an actual, like, like a, a, a mental illness that can be diagnosed and, and medicated. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get, you're trying to ask me, like, do I look at, like, oh, my little depression here, that's nothing compared to what my brother has? Yeah, or even, like, not even, like, now, but it, did that ever, was that ever a, a thought that went through your mind as you were, you were growing up with your brother? Um, I, I, I can't, I can't really say yes or no. Um, I, I guess in a, some ways it may have. Because I would be like, okay, I have to be strong because I have to be strong for my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. I tried to be the rock, you know, like be the strong guy, the indep- the man of the family, you know, helping out when I could. Um, yeah. And so I guess I would like push some of the negativity out and not deal with it, which obviously is never a good thing. Yeah, just, just bottling it up. Bottling it up. Because I used to have, when I was really younger, like in my... I'd say my preteens, I would say maybe from eight to, I want to say 14, I was very angry as a child. And I used to like just swallow my rage and swallow my rage and it would blow up every once in a while. Yeah. And then I would just swallow the rage, swallow the rage, blow up, swallow, swallow, swallow and that. So, but around 13, 14, I started meditating and that helped with my anger and that. Um, and it, it does sometimes help with when I have like those bad days, like you're just, you just had a bad day at work and you're just like, ugh, everything's just going wrong and you just feel the stress and, and it just starts pushing you down. Um, and, but, and then the meditation sometimes helps, but also it just gets you into that. Like my brother said, it just gets, uh, gets you inside your head and you just compound the issue and it just grows larger and larger. So yeah. I think maybe when my brother first got diagnosed back when he was 20, so that I would have been 23, 24 at the time that, he, uh, no, 
22. 22, yeah. I would have been about 22 when he got diagnosed. I may have for the first like two to three years, maybe was like, Phil, you, your, your thing doesn't matter compared to how your brother's doing it. Like your brother, Chris, is really dealing with this hard, much harder thing. What, what are you complaining about? Yeah. So, but a bit later on, uh, I realized like, no, um, yes, Chris has his own things he's dealing with, but your things are just as important. And if you don't concentrate it on your yourself and your mental health, it could be more damaging in the yeah. long run. And I, it, I have to give credit to my mom and my dad. They both realized like I wasn't dealing with certain things and they, they, um, they still boon and took me aside and was like, yo, you you need to talk about stuff like that so big credit yeah. to my parents regarding that so well, that's good that, that's really what i was wondering um zach do you have any do you have any thoughts or in in terms of anything no, just in general i mean we're kind of turning it over to you at this point okay uh yeah i just don't i want to make sure i'm not like cutting film infringing off. no 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 i'm i'm good you can cut me off i talk a lot so it's fine uh, <laughs> this is no. a conversation so no okay i just I, yeah well i was yeah uh, no, 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 I, I totally no, get no, it it's I, I wanted yeah i'm sorry i just I, I wanted to hear um the story i wanted to make sure i wasn't uh in, intercutting and um and yeah it, it is tough when you and actually it's funny because i i went through something similar and you're about to hear it but when you have all these people around you in your life who are dealing with stuff that's not necessarily worse, but more prevalent. Um, and then when you deal with stuff, you just feel like, um, like you know, you, you feel kind of dumb bringing it up almost like, well, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what they're going through, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, so mental health has, uh, has affected me my whole life, honestly. Not me directly, although I did go through a period where it did. Um, but uh, my family... Uh, a lot of about half my family, a lot of my closest friends um, dealt with manic depression, and um, manic depression is something that just doesn't go away. It's a chemical imbalance, um, and um, the biggest thing about it is that uh, you can it, you can medicate it so the so the the chemicals balance out and, and it's better for a while, but then your brain kind of gets used to the medication and then it stops working um, as well. Um, and it's really frustrating because no matter what you talk, it, it's one of those um, mental disorders too, where it doesn't matter uh, their, their state of mind. It doesn't factor into anything. Um, you can't, it's not like you can talk someone out of the pit. It's just, it, it's just out of their control type thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can be, they can have every reason to be absolutely happy but if the if the the chemical imbalance is there, it doesn't matter. So um, I grew up my whole life with that, with um, family members that I love dearly, de- dearly dealing with that all the time. Um, you know, um, having to um, having to stay up some nights uh, with with one of my brothers uh, who came to school with me and just like make sure that he's okay and that sort of thing. And um, and so uh, then the biggest thing too is that. Um, people, people that don't deal with mental illness do not understand mental illnesses. Um, it is the most frustrating no. thing in the world. If you've ever, if you've ever, you know, um, if you've ever experienced that, you you know what I'm talking about. There, yeah, are... they it's it's like they're like, oh no, it's fine. Just 
just smile you'll be happy again right. just think happy thoughts yeah yeah and that, that that's how that works exactly it's like it's the same with anxiety same with all these other things it's like well just don't be anxious oh just don't be sad it's like you have no idea um it's worse than a uh you know i don't want to i i think uh, i i do think um <laughs> religion in general gets bad enough rep as it is but uh it's worse in a religious context because oh, I, yeah. i've had people tell us that uh, it's oh you you just you just need to pray more. You just need to, and it's like they just have no idea, and it, it comes across as as ignorant, and you get and you get pulled apart because of something you can't control. You know, um, it's, it's it's bad. So you have this, you have these group of people. You have not only you know you know you're not only dealing with that, but you have people uh, around you who just kind of don't get it, and because they don't get it, they kind of lash out at you, like, oh, you're just, you know, so it's it's incredibly important that people understand that just because you don't understand how mental illnesses work doesn't invalidate the people that have the mental illnesses you know no it's it's something you you don't understand yeah <laughs> yeah um and now there now yeah there and um and the thing is too is that even if you're not born with a mental illness you can be there are things that you can be pushed you know there I think if you ever experience true despair, um, you'll have a much better understanding of other people. Uh, you'll have a much under, you'll have a you'll have a much better understanding that's like oh it's not as simple as I can just tell people to not feel that way anymore. You know it's it's uh, you know it's a terrible thing to go through, um, but it I think it might, it might for some people I I don't know I just wish they could understand you know. Yeah. Yeah. You wish that um, a lot of people are very, very ignorant, especially when yeah. it's 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 ignorance out of not of non exposure almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like they're choosing not to try and learn. That's what one thing I learned when, like, I'm uh, before when my brother first got um, diagnosed, or well, not diagnosed. He was just after he got diagnosed. I was very um, quiet about it. Like, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm tell a lot of people about it because i was not that i was embarrassed but i knew how much negativity in like from the media and that yeah talked about um talked about how like paranoid schizophrenics are violent they're this they're that and as my brother said like a large portion of them they hurt themselves like my brother was actually hitting himself a lot a lot of times he was um like he said he nearly he tried to commit suicide and it's it's mainly them that they hurt and so like once i realized that i started like being very open and honest about it and people actually started asking questions like they wanted to know and they 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 started opening up and saying yeah like no i have this family member or i know this friend of mine has it as well and I I felt like they were somewhat relieved mm-hmm. that they they could actually talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and when you when you can't talk about something, it doesn't. And that's actually kind of what happened to me. Um, I uh, for my for my experience with, and I I I, did, I don't even know Dante. I don't even know. I don't even know if I told you this. Um, so, I think I've heard bits and pieces, but. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you haven't heard the whole. I I I think I've told exactly two people in my life this this story. But 
um, I think it's far enough removed now where I can actually talk about it. But there was a there was a point in my life where um, I don't know I don't I don't want to infringe and say that it was it was mental illness, but um, there is I, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll talk about it and share my story and maybe um, get people who don't normally struggle with this kind of thing get them to understand that you can struggle with it too if you're not careful if you know and, and if you're not talking to people. Um, but uh, there was a point amongst all of this in my life where I had just, um, uh, I had just begun to just just to hate myself. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, I kind of, uh, it, there were things I began to realize I need to grow past and, and get better at and become kind of a better person. And and I and I was stepping up to that challenge, but simultaneously as I was beginning to try to become better in multiple ways, I began to just despise myself and just hate myself and every aspect of myself. And, and, um, I began to hate how I looked and I began to hate how I acted and I began to hate everything. And, and I mean, to an extent that's still, I still kind of deal with that today, but, um, I hit a, I hit a really, really bad point. Um, and, uh, I, for, oh, and for a while I, I started hurting myself. Um, because I just, I just, and I, and I'd, I'd never been through anything like that before in my whole life. And, and, um, and I ended up, uh, having to talk to someone and having to work through it and having to realize where the line was between, uh, realizing, you know, where you can be better and, and where, you know, self hate grows. And, and of course other people in my life weren't helping either. And just, um, you know, I had people pulling me apart at the same time and, and, you know, constantly, you know, so it, it just, um, you know, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and in that situation, you know, if anyone, you know, if you're out there and you, you, you don't normally struggle with this stuff, I, I didn't either. And I didn't think I ever would. Uh, but you can, you can spiral yourself if you're not careful, you can, you can put yourself into a bad spot. And I think the, the greatest piece of advice I can give if, if you start feeling that way is you got to talk to someone because you can lie to yourself so much easier than you think. But the second you, the second you say some of these these lies you tell yourself out loud, you you kind of realize how how ridiculous some of it is, and you kind of get a better sense and a better ground. Um, so you know if you you know if if you can, you know there are there are counselors out, not psychiatrists, but counselors out there that you can talk to, or if you have someone you trust, just be honest. You know, be, be brave enough to be honest and just talk about what's on your mind. You know. Yeah, the biggest. Yeah biggest thing is to be honest with yourself i knew it, it took a lot for me um just to be honest with myself that i needed help either with my anger or even with my mini bouts of depression and luckily i have a like not only with my family is a very tight tight group like i can call my like me and my sister we bash heads a lot but i know i can call her and go like i'm i'm not doing well i just need to to vent or i need just to talk my sister will be like talk no problem I'll listen. I'll be here for you. Uh, same with my dad and my mom. I try try not to infringe on my mom and my dad because they they have my brother, but I know they're there to support me. But I have a very understanding girlfriend um, that that is there for me, and her, even in her own family, they have. Um, I, I they're going. There's some things that they go through. I don't want to say hers because I I don't want don't have permission to to talk about. Yeah. what her family's going through but there's some things there and i can see sometimes the stigma of what's going on from some of her members of her family and it's it 
it annoys me because I'm like, that's your, that's not, that's not it. But I also can't jump in and say anything because it's not really my place. And my, it, I know how it affects my girlfriend because she sees, she, she understands that it's not just a simple, oh, she's only, she's only a little sad. It's fine. She'll cheer up in a second. I'm um, using that as an example. That's not what's going on. Um, because she sees how my family uh, quote unquote deals with my brother's illness. And so like, she, she, I see what she's going through and how much it affects her. And she just wants to scream at times. And so we're both there for each other. We, we listen to each other when one of us isn't doing good or something's affected us. So it's really good to have that support network of friends and family, but also like, like you said, Zach, to be able to talk to someone, a, a counselor, a psychologist, uh, right. any one of those terms you need, just as long as you have someone that you can talk to, they're just there to listen. And that is the most important thing because you can't keep that inside. Hmm. Cause yeah. that, cause it like, it, it's the worst thing to keep it inside. Cause it can, it just hurts you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it just it just eats you inside, yeah. I guess uh is it my turn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh <clears throat> really quick, just if I um I have to I do have to pop off. Um uh, I'll I'm gonna look up a couple uh suicide hotline and a couple other places so I can kinda tag that if that's okay for you and, and oh, that's yeah, yeah. That that's great. Um Zach, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, thank you guys um, for uh, letting me on. I appreciate it. It's it's yeah. our pleasure, man. Um, once again, uh, make sure you listen to Zach's stuff. But Zach, if anything you need, just let me know because we'll. I'm pretty sure Dante will be there for you. But hmm. yo, just hit me up anytime, and I'll be more than happy just to listen. Yes, yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Seriously. Yeah, you're very welcome. You know I'm here, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Yeah, man. thanks for coming, yeah. man. Oh, well, some, hev- some heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, I, I know we've been talking about like the fact that we we should like we need to open up and not feel like other things are superior. But I honestly don't feel like mine is anywhere near as important or relevant as your guys. I don't know. Well, um, here's the thing: when you're in the situation and you look at everybody else's, their things always look bigger than your own problem because you don't believe because of the mental illness be it a, a diagnosed mental illness or not you always you always drop down your own views of your own mental illness because you're like oh it's not that bad or it's not as bad as uh don't uh zach has or what phil's going through or what yeah, anybody yeah. else is going through but it, it's it's big to you because it's your life yeah so, no, yeah, I understand that. It's just, it's still, I, I still do that to myself. Yeah, and, and it's understandable. Everyone does it. So please um, share with us what your, uh, your uh, how mental, mental uh, health has affected you. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I've said this a lot in various places, especially recently. Um, but I have had a very strange and interesting childhood. 
Um, and that can go both good and bad. Mm -hmm. um, good because it has lent itself to me having a very interesting view in, um, you know, entertainment, like film and stuff like that. Um, but also bad and how it's, how I had to grow up and how it's affected me. So, yeah. And I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard because I've only talked to, again, like Zach said, maybe about two people about this, honestly. Um, and it's a bridge that I still have to cross with my parents, mm -hmm. um, which I'm, I'm honestly not looking forward to. Oh. It's a conversation that needs to be had, but um, yeah, so here goes, I guess. Uh, so I mental mental I have have not had any direct um, not not any, but I, I in my family, there weren't any um, people diagnosed that I was in direct contact with diagnosed with uh, mental illness or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't have the view that you and, and you and Zach have of having actual, like a direct contact with that of, with a sibling or something. Okay. Um, but, um, the way, so I, all right. So I'll, I'll go about it this way. I was always, uh, sorry, I'm all over the place here. Don't, but... don't, dude, <laughs> don't worry about it. This, this is what it's, it's breaking down those barriers to talk about what, um, what actually affects. And if it, like you said, this is probably the third person, quote unquote, because like, yeah. yes, you're talking to me, but also to our audience that's listening. This is the third time you've talked to someone else about what you're, you're going through. So obviously I fully understand how nerve wracking it could, f I, and I don't want to yeah. put words in your mouth or make words or feelings no, that no, you're having. I no, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Nerve wracking. And like it, it, it always gets my, my heart rate up and I get, uh, I physically get shaky a lot. Um, and I slow down and trip over my words more. Uh, I, I want you to know take as long as you need or if you need to stop and you can't do it continue that's cool because that that i don't want to affect your mental health in dealing with what you you're about to share with us and that's yeah. something that's very important like please well, thank you <laughs> if if you need to stop like you're like okay I, I can't continue cool we'll do the rest of the episode or we'll take a break and we can come back to it but just know yeah. like it's it you're you're the right now the quote unquote star and you decide how we continue if you don't want to continue we don't continue if you want to continue and push through it cool but just know that it's it's up to you i i can't i will not ever force you or anybody that is to talk about what they're dealing with yeah no i understand thank you that for that honestly um no i just like just describing how i get almost like um Honestly, I think of uh, if anyone's watched Legion, if you watch like episode one of Legion where David's getting interrogated, that's like how I get when I talk about this stuff. So, um, yeah, but so I'll, I guess I'll start with um, I was, I was raised um, 
homeschooled Christian home. Um, so mom would, uh, mom basically raised me, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. raised me, taught me, especially in my, my formative years. Um, and a lot of it was, was good, I think. But, um, one thing that she always pushed was that, um, always to strive further, always set the goal higher. Um, so if you say, say your goal was to, um, this is a stupid example, but to like, you know, write an essay or something like, you know, I'm like five. So the goal is to write an essay. Um, the, her, she would be like, all right, your, your goal is to write an essay. Um, that's within reach. So set a goal that's even higher. That's just barely out of reach. So you're basically, you know, always pushing yourself. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't like to brag about myself, um, but I, I am pretty quick with, with things, with learning things usually, um, pretty much all of school came to me really well, really easy, except, um, languages. So especially math, I was just, I would, I would kind of just scoop by like it was really easy for me um and because of that mom would always push me right she would always push me to go further and and do better with with stuff you know um and and on one hand i think that that's a good mentality because you do want your you know your children to continually you know work harder and you know strive to succeed to better themselves yeah um but at the same time that that really um kind of made me feel inadequate when i met when i didn't hit that goal you know Mm -hmm. um so like when i was you know probably around 11 12 mom would always show me um these stories of um you know prodigies that went to college at 15 and are now teaching or and are now teaching college classes at you know 17 or whatever and she was like you know if you you have the brain to do this you you know she was kind of like that mm-hmm. um and i i i totally understand her mindset behind it and where she was coming from but at the same time, I also understand how that affected me. And so I always felt inadequate, like I wasn't good enough, you know. Um, and so that, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's kind of playing into, you know, what I was even saying just about like comparing my story to yours and Zach's is like, um, I would always compare myself to these, you know, these incredible people that are so intelligent and, you know, went to college at 15. And so I always felt like I was never good enough because I wasn't, you know, going to college at 15. Um, you know, even though I was doing you know, well enough for myself, you know, it was still, it was always a comparison. Um, 
And so that that beat me up for a long time. Um, and also another thing that kind of played into me, <laughs> um, my, I, I don't, I don't want to go into the specifics, but um, something happened. Um, Sorry, keeping in the dark almost. Keeping in the dark almost makes it sound worse, but um, something happened um, in my parents' relationship um, fairly early on. Um, I'm really bad with times when I think back, but I'm going to say probably in the years, somewhere in the range of like 11 to 13. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am the oldest of, uh, of five children. So... Uh, just to kind of give a setting of the scene almost, I uh, am 19 right now. And then I have a brother who is uh, 14 and a sister who's 13, no, 12, a sister that's 12 and another sister that's 11 and then another five-year gap. And my little sister who is um, six, I think. Yeah, no, seven. Seven. It's really hard to keep track of. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> um, I barely know the ages of my uh, my own siblings, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I was the oldest, um, and so that on its own um, means that you have you know kind of responsibilities almost right off the bat. You you know you have to help out with your with your little siblings, um, but because of what happened um, between my parents. Again, that makes it sound worse than it actually was, but I don't know. It, it definitely affected the family overall. But um, because of that, I mom relied on me a lot more. Um, and, uh, you know, confided in me and... I, I don't know. It's, I, it was, it was just a lot for me at the time. And I, I love my mom to death. I really do. Um, but her relying on me so much essentially meant that I had to grow up really quick. Um, so on top of not having a very good opinion of myself and always downplaying anything that I did. Um, I also uh, ha- had to be very mature for my age. Um, and that kind of, that is a big reason that I, I hate bragging. <laughs> it sounds like bragging, but I, it's a big reason that I am so mature now um, is just because, you know, at, 13 i had to be a 16 year old you know um Mm -hmm. at 16 i had to be 18 it was that kind of a thing and i didn't i don't know it was part of it was what was expected of me i had to you know help out with the siblings and i was i was receiving uh, i was being leaned on by my mom a lot um but also part of it was just me being like, well, I've got to help. I've got to, you know, suck it up, that kind of a thing. And so that caused a lot of 
um, pushing things down, pushing emotions down and just kind of growing up really quick. Um, uh, so, um, all of that kind of added up to when, um, I was 16, I started dual enrolling in college. Um, and, uh, so I, I, I dual enrolled in college for my last two years of high school. So I did, you know, I, it, it is more than most high schoolers do, but I still, I hate that so much, but don't worry about it, man. It's fine. You know, so, but I always was like, well, I could have, if I had worked harder, you know, if I had been better, I could have been here at, you know, 14, 15 or something, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So it was always, it was always kind of that of just me down, you know, putting yourself, beating myself up. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so um, that all ended up to it. My last years of high school, um, also slash my first two years of college, um, I met a lot of really good people, including Zach and my wife. Um, uh, but it was also really hard um, back home with the family and everything. Um, and it was it was hard because I was I I you know I had I'd gotten a car. I was because of all the stress at home. I, I, I did, you know, um, I was kind of out of the house almost as soon as I could be, you know, I had my driver's license as soon as I could. I got a car once I'm pretty sure I was still 16. Um, when I got my first car and I had earned up the money to buy it myself. Um, and I had, I've had a job since I was like 15, 16. Um, so it was just, it was a lot of pressure, um, because mom was pressuring me to, to, to still be involved in the family. Um, and then I had the pressure of college, um, which honestly was, was some of the easiest schooling I've had, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but it was still, you know, difficult. And then I also, I had the pressure of what I wanted, which was to be with my friends and not have to deal with, with the stress at home. Um, so that ended up to a lot of conflicting emotions, um, which added up to a lot of bottled emotions, um, that were constantly at war with each other, um, which added up to quite a few, uh, breakdowns, uh, of just crying for about half an hour to an hour in the basement. Um, and yeah, so that yeah and and um it's still been kind of difficult because since after my it was also um mom was also pressuring me and into not just mom a lot of people were pressuring me into um a certain career field um specifically you know engineering because um a lot of people thought i was smart and well, you are smart. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like on on some level, I might have just been playing it up. 
I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I I like I did robotics for 3 years. Um but if someone asked me to build a robot, I don't know if I could. Um but I I don't I don't know if I played it up like that or I don't know, but just it yeah, so there was <laughs> just a lot of expectation. Yeah, no. Um and so um maybe that's why I got into film so much was just to kind of get away from that. Um uh, the expectation of engineering um and that irritated a lot of people. Um Yeah, I don't know. In some ways I almost feel like my life so far has just been a lot of disappointments to some people <laughs> and not in the way of, of downplaying myself, but in the way of people were hoping that I would, you know, go into engineering and I didn't. And then uh, my most, a lot of my family's in Pennsylvania. So they were hoping that I would stick around there and I moved out here. So <laughs> out to Michigan. Um, so I don't know, but over my life my a lot of people mostly my family have had expectations for me and and I've kind of had to let them down you um sorry go ahead no it's i don't want to say you let them down um cuz you're doing things like yeah you're you're one of the most humble people i know um like just you exp- just saying what you went through and saying yeah it's not as as insane or it's not as um big of an it mental ish mental health issue that that I I went through with my brother or Zach went through with in his but you you were dealing with something even cuz it's it's not that it's less than what I've gone through and it's not that it's more than what I've gone through. It's completely a, in a different world of what I went through with my brother or what Zach went through in his issues. You yeah. you were dealing with a lot of pressure on yourself that you were putting on yourself because you wanted to make sure that you were meeting the standards that you thought your mom uh, wanted. And I don't want to yeah. I don't want to diss your family at all with what I'm about to say. So um, it's not anything a negative from your family but your family was it sounds like putting a lot of pressure on you specifically your mother was showing you like 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 you said in the beginning okay your goal is an essay but you should be aiming up here to write a novel or whatever and I go yeah that. and that's that's not something that ever happened in my no, life. no, I know. <laughs> that was just the first example i know it, i was trying to use your example and i'm like uh, i'm just gonna mix three three things together and hopefully they work um but <laughs> yeah but like you were dealing with um mental stress on your own and even you even said that you broke down a few times and, and cried oh, yeah. like at least at least three yeah and like and that was, it was literally just just weeping in the basement for like about an hour and and the fact that uh the the situation with your family that uh your with your parents that happened and that forced you to grow up and not be a typical teenager in that um which is which is also on top of the pressure that yourself are putting on your like you're still you're i can even like just with you saying that you feel like you've disappointed a lot of people 
it already, it still sounds like you're dealing with that pressure that you put on yourself that you, yeah. like, and I, I fully get where you're coming from because um, in my family, I was the quote unquote smart one. Um, my sister was the rebellious one. I was the studious, uh, follow the rules and don't go outside, like don't color outside the box, the lines, you know, yeah. and my brother was the extreme rebel. Um, and, but also the baby of the family, I never had to look after my siblings or grow up faster. I, due to a, a situation in my household, I chose to grow up and I chose not to, um, to really have a childhood. Um, yeah. And I just, and I, I, I get that. <laughs> like, like the, the only times that I ever feel like I act my age almost, which I mean, that in and of itself is kind of just a social standard. Um, but is just what, but the only times I ever, I ever feel or felt like I was acting my age was, was with my friends. And so maybe that's again, part of the reason that I, as in my late, later teens and, and, you know, when I had a car and I was going to college and everything, I've spent more and more time with them, you know? Yeah. Cause from what I can understand and I'm far not, a mental health person or practitioner or expert <laughs> or anything like that. I can only speak from where I, I, I grew up and where I came from and how I dealt with this. Like you, you were looking for the escape to be and to f- find out who you are. And I don't think yeah. personally, I don't think you, you failed anyone or you disappointed anyone because they they wanted you and obviously i i don't know if this is blowing smoke or anything like that in your direction but you you can't have those expectations placed on you as a person or as a child or anything like that and yeah put hoping that your child who is going to be an engineer or pushing your child to do better at school that's fine but there there is a limit i think yeah, and I'm I'm and I don't, I, I don't I, know. I don't, I don't know how much of this sound like I'm I'm bashing your mom because I bet she was doing the best no, job yeah. she could do as a that's, parent. And obviously yeah, that's, that's that's all parents want to do. Like I'm completely worried um that I'm gonna be a horrible father because I'm gonna be oh yeah putting my standard towards my parents, how my parents were. And yeah, my parents make mistakes. It's terrifying. My parents honestly have said <laughs> we've messed up we weren't we tried to be the best parents we can and in my book like my my parents didn't ever forced us or like they said did you do your best job yes or no if you felt you did your best job great we'll support you but if you didn't like that's on you like that's how my parents did it and i was not in a situation like you were where your mom was always pushing you to strive to do better but I would be putting the pressure on me that I should have been doing better because is this the best I could do? So, yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, yeah. And that's what it turned into is that my mom wasn't always like, I don't want to make my mom sound like, you know, uh, 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 like, yeah, like always telling me to do better because, you know, after, you know, the may like after, you know, most of elementary school, um, 
a lot of my schooling had to be through other people because she just didn't have the the knowledge to be able to teach me mm-hmm. further. Um, but and so through that, it was it was all me doing it to myself. So I get I get that. Like she, yeah. And I, again, I don't want to bash my mom at all. I I love my mom, and she one hundred percent did the best that she could. And I that's all anyone can do mm-hmm. really. And I honestly think I on like, this is sad, but I honestly think that, you know, if slash when, you know, I, or, or you have kids, um, we will disappoint them in some way, you know, like we're, we're gonna fail. We're human. Yeah. So like, like, and, and so you, you'll, they'll, they'll have different, your children will have different problems that you'll overlook because you are trying to teach them in a way that, you they don't have the problems that you had and so because of that you'll avoid you'll hopefully avoid the problems that you had or uh but you will probably give them new problems essentially you know like you you can't it's unavoidable yeah you can so i'm not yeah it's it's very interesting like i don't want to sound better than you in any way because i'm i'm fairly not i'm the most flawed human i think i've met um <laughs> and you have the problem of staying humble. I, I don't have that problem staying humble. I beat myself up a lot more than I should, but it's just the way I, I have because I've been bullied most of my life because of my weight. Um, yeah. I'm a larger than normal person, um, giant teddy bear, if you will. But a lot of people used to make fun of me because of it. And that, yeah. that, that, that was one of the reasons I was really angry. Um, but I used to put pressure on myself and you, I, I know what you're going through and you, you sound like you're on the right path. And I, I don't want to say, Oh, it gets better. Cause it doesn't. No, <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. It, it, it gets better. If you, you realize like the, the voice that's telling you that, Oh, your disappointment to this person because you didn't do this, or you you didn't get an A. You should you got only an A. You should have got an A plus, or you like uh, the the one hundred and ten percent, not just a hundred percent. That yeah. that voice that that it, I, I want to say it's a negative voice because it does push you down and it can push you into a, a depression because you start beating yourself up mentally and you just don't feel like you're a good person and it it is. I would say a form of depression. It may not be like, Oh, a pit of despair, depression, but it's, it's, it's beating yourself up. I'm probably like, there's probably a psychologist or someone's listening yelling at me right now going, you're an idiot. That's not the proper terms. You're providing false (laughs) information, but this is the best way I can describe it. Um, I know what it's like. Like I used to put insane amount of pressure on me and I was lucky when I turned 18 um, I started working with this fantastic guy. Um, he's, he's super creative. Like this guy, to me, he, he's like, he was like my savior. I will say he, he was complete opposite of who I was, where I was reserved. Yeah. He was, he was out there outgoing and it was like, holy, holy moly. Um, <laughs> it's so hard like when you want to say that swear word and you're like what's a replacement and you come up with the silliest things like this guy um 
he's super creative um i i owe him so much and i don't know if he really knows how much helped me come out of my shell and become a bit more of the person i am today and or help me get onto that that road that brought me to yeah. where i am today and like i i like he he helped me get a lot of my like my mental struggles out and like i would do anything for this guy like he he really helped me uh, get out of that and since that that like i was able to switch my mindset if you will um yeah my main goal like every day like even with my brother his mental illness um and just be there for my brother cuz i know that that's what he needs or be there for anybody with uh who needs just a voice to a uh, uh, ear to listen to um but i want i know i know which i i'm just rambling right now um yeah that's what i did though it's fine <laughs> and i i totally understand like like zach has helped me a lot um and he he'll deny this but he he really helped me a lot in those in the the three three years i've known him um those and, uh, those people that yeah and 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 like cassie um just knowing her and and uh being friends with her and dating her and um you know eventually marrying her uh she's helped me a lot as well in in figuring these things out like you know like just almost this sounds this super cliche cliched but like figuring myself out almost because like you said it, it is almost i was a bunch of other people's expectations for a long time and so the past couple of years have been the that have been the first time i'm really figuring out who i am <laughs> um it's 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 again it sounds cliche it's but like, it's it, it, it is cliche but it's not because you know what you're 19 years old okay i'm 33 i'm going to be 33 next month i'm 33 i still don't know who the heck i am i have an idea who oh, i yeah. am like figuring out who you are is a lifelong oh. journey <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even think it's a lifelong journey it's it's it goes past that but like no, yeah, you don't you don't figure it out at the end, but like it's it's Ho yeah. <laughs> hopefully like the last millisecond of your life, you're like, that's who I am, and then it's like, oh god, it's done. Uh, but no, like <laughs> getting through all the bull that is your not not only yourself, but what other people put on you, it takes a long time, and I can tell you, I'm still dealing with some of that. Like I yeah, and I don't I, have a, I don't claim to have it figured out at all. Oh, it's just dude. I'm I am in the beginning stages of of going down that road, I, and I thankfully have some really great people around me to to that have been helping me, and then hopefully will continue to help oh, me. Um, can, and Zach will Zach Zach will claim that I have done the same for him that I've I've helped him, uh, you know, grow and become a better person in the last couple of years. I really haven't, uh, you, but 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 he will he will argue that I have. Um, but here's probably in the comments. Oh, <laughs> for more, more for sure. But here's the thing: you you may not see that you helped him at all, and he was the one helping you. But by him helping you, he was helping himself. 
Yeah. So yeah, and any like, any little you help others, you help yourself. Yeah. So don't don't put down what he says about you contributing to helping him because I can guarantee I can guarantee it that just doing this podcast, like sitting with my brother in the pre-recorded bit, um, that helped me. Um, sitting here talking with you and Zach, that helped me because it's like, okay, I'm working through some of the things. Like, I don't think I've told many people that about my buddy, like actually helping me from when I was 18. Like my girlfriend knows because like I tell her everything because, well, she's my girlfriend. Yeah, and- you're your significant other knows yeah, everything about you. It's, it's scary, and it's it's uh, it's really unnerving because I also have a trust trust issues. So, <laughs> do, like, like yeah, podcasting. Yeah, I, the world hears me, but the world doesn't hear me. They just hear opinions on like a movie, like my podcast, or if I'm on someone else's podcast. Oh yeah, like somebody else knows your significant other. Yeah, knows, she knows yeah. the the dirty dark secrets, and it's it's scary because it's like. Yeah, okay, we but what happens if we break up and she goes and spreads everything and then everyone knows and then it's just realizing like everybody yeah. knows it then whoop de whoop de do everyone has those deep deep dark secrets. Uh knocking on wood here that never happens and she stays with me until I die. Um <laughs> <laughs> but having um just being being able to open up and talk i think it's the biggest thing that people need and yeah i think like with this podcast dropping on world mental health day um it's it's the most important thing that people need to do like it no one's problem is bigger than another person's problem like my brother with his mental illness his main concern is other people following what their doctor says uh, making sure they take their medication, not himself. He wants to help other people. And you saying that the the mental the mental illness that you deal with it may not be uh, clinical mental illness um, that I'm well aware of because obviously I'm I know nothing. Yeah, I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't even say that because there's probably a psychologist listening to it going, "You're a fool. This is what it is." Um, just like him <laughs> saying, it's not depression you were talking about. It was this. Um, but don't push down because y- you're, it is a form of mental, it may, a mental illness. Because you, you're, you're striving. You're putting that mental stress on yourself. Yeah. And I don't No human being is the perfect spitting image of what mental health oh, no, should be. No, no, no. So, 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 but, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I get that. Actually. Um, I have a specific story about, uh, we'll, we'll get to like, what's, you know, resources and stuff that have helped, but, um, I have a specific story about mental health day that, that really helped me. <laughs> let's, let's hear it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, this past year when I was 18, um, I did a year or I did a semester at, uh, Penn state. Ooh. Um, and uh, it was like right off the bat of uh, going of dual enrolling at the college that I met Zach and Cassie at, um, and so it was it was very spur of the moment and just you know I needed to get into a school, um, and it wasn't like my choice that I had picked out because um, 
since like the since the beginning of high school my schooling had been like i didn't know what i was going to do for school until like a month or even less before the school started <laughs> so that had been the way it had been for the past like four years before this um and same thing with college so i just kind of like quickly got into penn state um and i was i was going for electrical engineering i didn't even know what i wanted to do um and so i had a lot of there was a lot of stress um in even just mundane things like my car was breaking down i didn't know what i wanted to do um i was um i was i was uh dating Cassie and, you know, I was seeing where that was going and, um, you know, I had the, 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 the pressure from a lot of different areas. So that was, that was potentially one of the most stressful semesters of my life. Um, although thankfully Cassie was there to, to help me out. <laughs> um, but, uh, and 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 the schooling was hard the the school was 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 hard and i didn't know what i was doing and so it was just a lot of and i in the first week of school um or the first month of school i changed classes and majors like at least once um just trying to figure out what i wanted to do um and also I had the stress of uh i didn't have money for this um and i still don't but <laughs> um so all of that added up to a lot of stress. Um, but what was really cool was uh, Penn State actually did a uh, a mental health day where um, we still had classes, but it was one of the one of the days where the classes I didn't have as many classes that day. Um, and what they did was they I think they extended lunch or something like that, and they or they cut off the second half of the day and they crammed everything in the beginning, something like that. Um, but they had the the mess hall and and just outside the mess hall and everything was set up with a bunch of activities and it was the whole idea was just hey take a break and just just have some fun like like literally there were bubbles that you could blow and people were and like college students were just blowing bubbles like it was so so nice like they had they had free snacks um they had this big blow up game thing where you would like put a bungee around your waist and you would jump into the middle of this, this, you know, the blow up, the blown up bouncy um, castle. Yeah. But it wasn't a bouncy castle. It had like a certain amount of balls in this little middle pit thing. Okay. And the bungee cord, like just barely extended up to that pit. So you'd like launch yourself, grab some of the balls and bring them back to like your bag and then, you know, do it again. It was a little game. Right. Um, but it was just something fun to do to get your mind off of the fact that you are in college. <laughs> like, um, and it was great. It, and then like, I, I specifically remember we played that game one or two times and then we ended up sitting in the lounge playing like uh, smash brothers, super smash brothers for like two hours. And it was amazing. It was, and we had like snacks and everything. It was just so like, just amazing to just sit back and not have to think about anything like just like, like the school was like hey it's mental health day just take a chill pill don't think about school you're you're good just why don't you chill and and play a few games and just you know have a little food and that was like so refreshing <laughs> i honestly wish everywhere would do something like that yeah i think the biggest thing um 
with universities and that is the stress. I think because yeah. like, and and it's it's funny because I've you know I went I dual enrolled at college before, but once the money was coming out of my pocket, it was so much more stressful. Yeah, like just that semester, and I just just so people know, I left after that semester. I was done, um, and so I haven't I haven't had school since then. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. So it was you it know was, what you're doing. You're you're people through podcasting you're doing something that you enjoy <laughs> uh, yeah no but i mean like i didn't get a degree you know that was, i can tell you what that was a big thing too that was a big thing too was uh, that was a stress since like middle school oh so i don't yeah it's look if if a yeah, that, that just, 75 year old can get his degree at 75 i think you're fine at 19 <laughs> i'm just saying look well yeah but like my mindset this is just totally out. This is not the purview of this podcast at all. But mine, mine's like, why spend the time and money to get a degree when you're too old to use it? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. In the 75 year old, you're 75. I, I, you've got like the, the the average life expectancy of five years to use it. Like, I think that doesn't make sense to me. I think it was just a goal of his, but but yeah, I, I see that's fine. That's fine. But, but like, I don't know, like. I, I know I know what you're 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 thinking like without a degree I can't do this I can't do that because you hear all in society while you're growing up that oh you need a bachelor's no now you need a master's no now you need a PhD now you need eight PhDs yeah. to get a job anywhere and it's like that's so much stress yeah on, it was hard too like like just even getting the job that I have now it took over six months like like I. I, I'll say I'm 33. I don't have a degree. Um, I I'm fine with not having a degree. Yeah, would a degree probably help me get a higher paying job? Probably, but do I want to put the stress on myself? Because I like yeah, like I had to. My parents paid all the way through. In uh, in um, in Quebec, we have CGEP, which is pretty much grade 12 and 13, but it it gets you theoretically ready for university because you you pick your own classes you have that freedom to go to the class or not go to the class but yeah that makes sense it gets you kind of used to because the high school it's all regulated right yeah from like yeah. kindergarten to grade you got your periods and 11 everything. that's you're regulated like period a through period b or whatever yeah but then you get thrusted straight into university some of these kids coming from outside of uh, Quebec, they're going to our university, going to university, and this is the first time they like freedom, you know, and like so. Yeah. The, the CGIP is kind of like it gets you bound and gets you used to it. My parents paid through my CGIP, um, and then you go to university, and my parents were like, "You want university? You have to pay for university yourself." So I was working full time, doing full time classes, like, and it's Ooh. it it's I I ended up dropping classes because I just couldn't mentally handle it and physically handle it because i because yeah. of burn burnout in that and yeah. i know i i know what it's like like i can't even like the i was in sociology like it, it's not technically hard i call it bsing 101 um it's a little more than huh. that but it's like you're writing essays pretty much and you're doing stat yeah. work but going to penn penn state which is it's a big school it's a known school yeah i didn't go to I didn't go to Maine. I was at uh, Maine campus. I, I was at one of the one of the 
the satellite sister campuses. Oh, okay. Yeah, the satellite campuses. Uh, that was near home, so but, because I didn't want to ship out, but but still, like it's yeah, it's, it was, it, it's Penn State yeah, or it's like, like Penn. Just yeah, just to just to paint a picture, I um so I had my rickety old nineteen ninety two car. Was it a Civic? <laughs> that was I it a bought. Civic? No, ah. it's a Cavalier. Ooh. <laughs> um which I got for super cheap. That's, you know, consistently breaking. Um, and then, so, so I had a part-time job where I was making uh, minimum wage. Um, and I, uh, that was barely getting me by just in the money, like just in my weekly fees, like literally basically all that money went to gas um, because I would, I would go to school which was a half hour there and a half hour back driving. Um, and then usually I'd go to other school with, to see Cassie and Zach and everyone. Um, and that was a, another 45 minutes from the Penn State campus. And then I'd go home, which was like 15 minutes from the other campus. So I was driving all around like every single day. And it was just a lot of stress of the fact that like I literally for a long time, I didn't have over $40 in my account ever. And that always went to gas. Thankfully the Cavalier is, was pretty efficient on gas. Um, but that was just gas money to get everywhere. Um, but I didn't want to change anything. And I was, it was just a lot of pressure and I wasn't, I hadn't paid a dime of the semester at school. I'm barely paying it off right now. Um, yeah, it was just, it was crazy and just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stress. And so that mental health day was, was really nice. It was just time to just relax. <laughs> I can, I can only imagine this. Like, I know a few. Oh, and also, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just going to say, also, I wasn't eating right. Because um, I wouldn't eat breakfast um, because I, w- I, I, I it was just a stage of not eating breakfast. Um, and then I'd go to school and a lot of times I wouldn't eat there either because it cost money. And um, I didn't I wasn't I didn't want to have to take, you know, leftovers and all that. And then um, because, you know, I didn't want to have the burden of trying to get leftovers out of my family when they're already, you know, giving most of the leftovers to dad for work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I I, I probably, I wouldn't eat lunch. I'd have like a snack or when I had the money, I'd buy lunch and I did it for a little bit in the beginning of the semester. And then I realized I don't have money. So I just didn't for most of the rest of the semester. Um, And I would have maybe a snack if it was free or one of my friends would buy me a little bit of lunch or something (laughs) or share. And then I'd go to uh, to the the other campus, uh, CSU, with uh, with uh, to see Cassie and Zach, and they would usually feed me dinner. Um, and then I'd go home and maybe eat a little dinner. So I would basically, um, I wouldn't eat for most of the day, and then have a lot of food at night because <laughs> I would, you know, I'd get fed from. 
uh, either friends taking pity on me or I'd go home and eat dinner after everyone had already had dinner, like, you know, late, getting home late and everything. Um, and that actually, that habit, like, screwed up my uh, weight. <laughs> like, like I'm not, I'm not anywhere near um, fat or anything like that. But that definitely, like, because I was, I was, you know, you know how you're like accidentally fit at 16. Like you just kind of, you just kind of are for some reason. Yeah. Um, maybe like not always, but but like you just kind of, you don't you don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. You got the the skin and bones situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to offend you or anything because I know you've you've said you were. Don't you were don't. don't. I've come to kid, but <laughs> with with my weight and that, and I know it's a constant battle um for me but i i don't take i i make fun of myself it's not something i i wish i could be smaller obviously every every man wants to be the shredded adonis god and hopefully one day not (laughs) when i'm 75 though but i know because that's just ruined like five years yeah you're an adonis at 75 no (laughs) um but i i I know it, it doesn't affect me as much anymore because i've come to terms with how to deal with it so d- don't worry about offending me that you're yeah. a skinny uh, mini adonis going on <laughs> up there well yeah but um so i i like you know i was just kind of an average weight for my size um but that semester screwed me up really bad <laughs> like honestly i gained 30 to 50 pounds in that semester i would say Cause I was, I was hovering uh, probably around 30, 20 to 30, but I was hovering around, um, in between like 160, 180 last time I checked. And then after that semester, I was like two, two ten. <laughs> so it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's sorry. About no, that. Sorry for what? That, <laughs> just that you got side, side rabbit hole. No, that's, that, that's what this conversation is because you just described something that helped you with, and it helps uh, a very nice streamline into segueing into the next topic of yeah. what can, what options are there or what, um, uh, that's not what I need. Um, what, yeah, important, what support the system. support system. Thank you. Thank you, Dante. You're my support system in this podcast. <laughs> um, but like, I, I talked about one a bit earlier, uh, NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and they provided, um, they, it's something for North America, um, they provided a course that me, my sister, and my dad went to, and it really helped us um, learn, one, about different types of mental illness, um, how okay. to deal with different mental illness, um, what are some things you can be to be supportive of your family members that have uh, have mental illness and they do offer things online. It's, it's NAMI.org. So that's N A M I.org. So you can go there and you can get, you can go there and get help. Um, unfortunately, the rest of the episode, it was about 20 minutes that left. Unfortunately, there was some complications with the system and didn't record properly. I'm really sorry about that. So um, this is, pretty much the end of the episode dante uh, did provide and you can find in the links below uh in the links below you will find uh links to different organizations for you to help you can also you'll also find the link 
to the other episode. Um, there's actually two uh, UK episodes, so you get a chance to hear other people's. I highly suggest you guys listen to it because it is important to know that you're not alone. So if you are in Europe, if you are in North America, if you are anywhere in the world, know that there are people going through the exact same thing you guys are, and you're not alone. We are here for you. If you ever need to reach out, I can tell you 100% any one of the members of this Podmates community that you're listening to will be more than happy to help you. You can reach us either through our email addresses, our our, uh, Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. You can reach out and we'll be more than happy to sit there and listen to you. Um, We're not experts by a long shot, but we all have our own little things that we've all gone through. And we will be more than happy to be the 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 ear that you need to talk to. Um, but if you do have a serious uh, problem or anything like that, we <laughs> I do suggest going to talk to someone, a professional, because they are the best ones that can help you. Again, I want to thank Dante, Zach, Maisie, um, and everyone else in the Podmates community. Thank you for uh, uh, doing this podcast with us. And, I want to thank you specifically, you, the person listening. Thank you so much for just listening to this and just sharing it. Um, this is something that we decided to do as a group, and I'm so glad we did because um, mental health needs to be talked about. Again, thank you so, so much. <laughs>